Welcome to worship at Grace United Church. My name is Sarah Brewer, and I'm delighted we can be together for worship today. This week, we're wrapping up our season of creation services with a service all about animals, including a delightful video from the pet blessings we recently offered. Thank you to the people and the pets who we will see a little later, as well as the many other people contributing to this service with their gifts of hospitality, music, technology, and leadership. Speaking of thank yous, correspondence from the Western Ontario Waterways region of the United Church this week began with these words. Thank you to local community of faith leaders. When you accepted your roles, few expected to be coping with a global pandemic. Congregations are encouraged to applaud and support the efforts of leaders who have been navigating changing regulations, consulting with their local health unit, and instituting protocols to keep the church available to others and to ensure the safety of all who access it. So let us first take a moment to applaud the many volunteers here at Grace. They've been working hard to see us through this challenging time. Then let us support their efforts through our continued compliance with the plans they've put in place for us to gather safely by keeping our masks on, not singing, and staying in our seats until the ushers tell us to move at the end of the service. A reminder as well to keep reserving your seat for worship by Thursday, especially in the next two weeks, when we may have a few more people wanting to come for World Communion Sunday and Thanksgiving. For those of you joining us online or on TV this morning, welcome. If you would like to know more about our church and the many ministries we offer, you can contact our church office or find us on Facebook. We'd be happy to hear from you. If you're planning to join us online next week, we'll be celebrating World Communion Sunday, and you might want to bring some bread and juice with you for that. For all of you, I want to let you know that we have a study series coming up in the church. It will start this Thursday evening on September 30th. We'll be looking at the APTN's series. Um, I've forgotten the name of it. There's, an, there's a series um, on APTN that involves some white people, some settlers going to see some indigenous reserves, some indigenous uh, communities, and learning a little bit and challenging some of the challenge some of their assumptions. It's a three-part series, and we will be considering those three on three Thursday evenings on Zoom, beginning this Thursday, the following Thursday, and then two weeks later. If you want more information about that, you can talk to me, or there's information that came out in the weekly email as well. For today, though, let us now take a moment to pause and breathe as we enter into this time of worship. Orange Shirt Day began in Williams Lake 
BC in 2013. And it has since spread across the country and internationally. Acknowledged each year since then on September 30th, Orange Shirt Day is a time when we remember the 150,000 First Nations, Inuit, and Métis children who were removed from their families and communities to grow up in a residential school. According to John A. Macdonald, the goal of the system was to create distance between Indigenous children and their culture, while simultaneously encouraging them to think and behave like the European settlers. Unfortunately, the schools were not just a system of the government, but also a system of the church, including our denomination, the United Church of Canada. For several generations now, residential school survivors and their loved ones have been sharing stories about the trauma they experienced through these schools that operated from 1870 to 1996. These stories were shared in an intentional way through the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in the early 2000s, which issued 94 calls to action in 2015. One of those calls was for a national holiday each year to honor the Indigenous children who went to residential schools, those whose lives were lost and those who survived. This summer, the Canadian government brought that call into fruition by establishing a national day for truth and reconciliation, which will take place annually on September 30th. So as we begin our service today, remembering that we meet on land that is part of Treaty 45 and a half, which is the traditional territory of the Ojibwe, the Anishinaabek, the Haudenosaunee, and the Métis people, let us begin with a moment of silence to remember the thousands of children who grew up in residential schools and their families. We lament the harm that our country and our church caused to all these people. And we recommit ourselves to being people who will work to change our ways for the sake of our grandchildren and our grandchildren's grandchildren. May it be so. Amen. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and, and all, all around, around us. us. Amen. Amen. I'd invite you to join me in the call to worship, responding quietly. All dogs and cats, large and small, praise God. All rabbits, hamsters, and guinea pigs, praise God. All goldfish, guppies, and swimming creatures, praise God. All robins, wrens, and birds, praise God. 
all bats, squirrels, and raccoons. Praise God. All horses, cows, and sheep. Praise God. All lizards, snakes, and creeping things. Praise God. All children and elders and everyone in between. Praise God. Let us continue to praise God as we pray. Creator God, in the beginning you filled our world with animals that moved upon the land, through the waters and in the sky. You called them good and entrusted us to care for them. Redeeming God, when we strayed away from your ways, you chose Noah and his family to build a giant boat and help you save the animals. Later, you opened the mouth of a big fish to save Jonah, and you shut the mouth of the lions to save Daniel. Incarnate God, in time you came among us through the person of Jesus, who was born in a barn, surrounded by cows, sheep, and a donkey. Loving God, we remember that Jesus taught us about you, about your care for us, by pointing to the birds in the air who do not need to sow or reap to earn your love, and to a lost sheep whom you would leave the flock to go in search for. Holy God, we know you through these animals of the past. We know you too through the animals of the present, those with whom we share our lives at home, on the farm, in the community, and in creation. So too may we know your presence among us now as we gather in worship to praise you today. Amen. Today's Minute for Mission, 40 Days of Engagement on Anti-Racism. Wondering what more you can do to become anti-racist in your local communities? You're not alone. It's one of the questions Adele Halliday, the United Church's Anti-Racism and Equity Lead, is asked a lot. 40 Days of Engagement on Anti-Racism, a new cutting-edge program to set, set to run from October 12th through November 26th, is one of the ways Halliday is answering. I took the question to heart, mulled it over with colleagues, and an idea was born to invite the whole church to intentionally reflect on a range of social justice issues in creative ways for a specific period of time together, she says. Each day for 40 days, heart-expanding reflections on anti-racism themes written by contributors from across the church will be shared on the United Church's website. These free reflections, geared for individuals and small groups, will also come with activities for children and families, prayers, and practical ways to take action in local communities. What does Halliday hope the impact of the program will be? I'm hoping there will be engagement with advocacy, personal transformation, and continued commitment to work to become actively anti-racist, not just for 40 days, but over the long haul, says Halliday. We commit to this work not alone, but with God. Ultimately, I hope 40 days of engagement on anti-racism will draw church members into a deeper understanding of God's vision for a just world and how they can live it out. 
Your mission and service gifts help support the development of awakening education and learning resources like 40 Days. Because of your generosity, the whole of the Church will be blessed with more practical ways to live into God's call to become anti-racist. And in turn, our world will become a more just and equitable place for all. Thank you. Our scripture reading is Genesis 1, verses 20 to 27. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and moves about in it, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let us pray. Creator God, Meister Eckhart once said that the animals are so full of your glory that he would never need to prepare another sermon if we would just pay attention. May the words I will speak now in this sermon inspire us all to pay attention so that we might live more fully in the ways you created us to live. Amen. If you've ever had a pet, you know that they have a way of turning your life upside down and right side up, often in ways you don't really expect. That's certainly what happened to Stephen Jenkins and his partner Derek in a true story from Reader's Digest in 2018. Google Esther the Wonder Pig later if you want to know more. For now, I'll tell you that in 2012, Steve was living a relatively peaceful life with his partner, a roommate, two cats, and two dogs in a modest Georgetown, Ontario townhouse with three bedrooms, one for Steve and Derek, one for their roommate, and one they used as an office from which Steve and Derek each ran their own business. It was cramped, but workable, until Steve got a message from a friend asking if he could help her to find a new home for her mini pig because it wasn't getting along well with her dogs and her new baby. Now Steve is a big animal lover, and from the moment he got that message, he knew he wanted the pig. He just had to figure out how to make it happen without making Derek too furious. 
Steve jumped in with both feet, having his friend drop the pig off to him at his office the very next day. When Steve first met the pig, soon to be named Esther, she was small, maybe 20 centimeters from tip to tail, and had chipped pink nail polish on her hooves and a sequined cat collar. In other words, she was adorable. Steve knew nothing about mini pigs, so he had to learn fast. What did she eat? How big would she get? In the car on the way home, he planned a please forget me for getting a pig dinner for his partner. But not surprisingly, Derek was furious when he found out that Steve had adopted a pig without consulting him. His only consolation was, she's a mini pig, she'll stay small. Fortunately, Esther grew on Derek and they started talking about where to put her pen, which Steve took as a very good sign that they were going to keep her. However, the shocks weren't over yet. When Steve took her to the vet, the vet questioned whether she was a mini pig at all. The vet thought she might be a commercial pig, in which case she could grow to be 110 kilos. The vet was right. Esther grew and grew and grew until she weighed a whopping 295 kilos, more than twice what even the vet thought when he first met her. Also, Esther changed Steve and Derek's life in ways they could never have imagined. She'd come for walks with the dogs, play with toys, chase the cats, and cuddle with the family at the end of a long day, which became challenging when she was just nine months old and weighed 90 kilos already. Yet as they came to know and love Esther, they discovered they could no longer eat bacon. And soon after that, they gave up meat entirely. After a while, shorter than ever on space with such a very large pig who now required her own bedroom, they bought a farm where they began to rescue and rehabilitate abused farm animals. Derek and Steve now provide a safe home for 33 animals, six rabbits, six goats, 10 pigs, not including Esther, one horse, one donkey, three cows, three chickens, a peacock, as well as their original two dogs, two cats, and a pig named Esther. Their whole lives changed because they adopted a pig. They were transformed by their relationship with her. Now to be clear, my point in telling you this story is not that you should quit your job, buy a farm, adopt all manner of animals, and become vegan, although you could if you wanted to. The point is to invite us on this Animal Sunday to reflect on our relationship with creation, and in particular with other Earth creatures. Do we allow our relationships with animals the ones that share our homes and neighborhoods, 
as well as the ones that live in the wilderness around us, to change us? Do we understand that all God's creatures have something to teach us? Do we believe that animals have value to God in their own right, not just in relation to how they might benefit us? In our scripture reading from Genesis this morning, God declares that all the animals, the wild ones and the tame ones, are good. Even before human beings come onto the scene, already God is very pleased. Creation has value apart from humans, and humans become a valued part of creation, not something separate from it. I chose to intentionally end the reading for this morning before the verse that often complicates this text. For if we were to keep reading, the very next verse is the one about God telling the newly created humans to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. I remember learning this story as a child and having Sunday school teachers explain that it means God made us the most important. And certainly a literal interpretation of this text suggests that people should cut down the forests, mine the mountains, dump the waste into the sea at leisure, and slaughter animals, much like we see happening in our world today. The chief rabbi of Israel, Rav Cook, minces no words he clarifies that any intelligent person should know that Genesis 128 does not mean the domination of a harsh ruler who afflicts his people and servants merely to fulfill his personal whims and desires according to the crookedness of his heart. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs adds that the Hebrew verbs used here are significant. The first, leovdoa, literally means to serve it. And the second, leshomra, similarly means to guard it. Sachs continues by offering an example that these Hebrew verbs could be used to describe the responsibilities of a guardian of property that belongs to someone else. The guardian would exercise vigilance while protecting and would be personally liable for losses that occur due to negligence. Sachs concludes that this example demonstrates humanity's responsibility for nature as the Bible conceives it. So I return to the point that I made a few moments ago based on the portion of the story that we did read. Even before human beings came onto the scene, already God is pleased. Creation has value apart from humans, and humans become a valued part of creation, not something separate from it. 
As many of you know, this week, some folks allowed me to meet their pets so that we could offer a blessing for their animals. We put together a video to share some of the joy of that process with you today. And if you missed having your pet blessed this week, don't worry. It doesn't take a minister to offer a blessing. When you get home today, you can bless your own pets and celebrate the ways in which your pet blesses you. But first, let's meet some of the congregation's pets that we did bless through this short video. Meister Eckert once said, apprehend God in all things, for God is in all things. Every single creature is full of God and is a book about God. Every creature is a word of God. If I spent enough time with the tiniest creature, even a caterpillar, I would never have to prepare a sermon. So full of God is every creature. No? So let's bless you. Buddy, you were created by God. Misha, you were created by God. Esther, you were created by God. Atwood, you were created by God. Orpa, you were created by God. Sunny, you were created by God and you are loved by God. You were created by God, and you are loved by God, and you are loved by God, and you are loved by God. May you and your human family experience joy and companionship together. May you and your human family experience joy and companionship together. May you and your human family experience joy and companionship together and continue to be a blessing to each other. And continue to be a blessing to each other. And continue to be a blessing to each other. We ask this blessing in the name of the Holy One, who was, who is, and always will be, our Creator, to whom every creature belongs. We ask this blessing in the name of the Holy One, who was, and is, and always will be, our Creator, to whom every creature belongs. Amen. We ask this blessing in the name of the Holy One, who was, and is, and always will be, our Creator, to whom all creatures belong. Amen. <laughs> We ask this blessing in the name of the Holy One, who was and is and always will be, our Creator, to whom every creature belongs. Amen. We ask this blessing in the name of the Holy One, who was, who is, and always will be our Creator, to whom every creature belongs. Amen. We ask this blessing in the name of the Holy One, who was and is and always will be our Creator, to whom every creature belongs. Amen. Amen. Creator God, you have made a beautiful world filled with wonder and surprises. 
We give you thanks this day for the blessing of animals, those in the wild, those on farms, those in our own homes. We marvel at the diversity of your creation. You brought into being creatures that we could never have imagined ourselves. Life we cannot see without the aid of microscopes. Animals we can only see in pictures from remote regions of this planet. We thank you for abundant life, for the birds we hear in the morning, for squirrels trying to store away nuts for the winter, for the vast tapestry of life which is interwoven. We thank you also for the gift of our own animal companions, for the joy they bring us, for their unconditional love and forgiveness, which teaches us about you, for their sense of play and their ability to help us let go of stress. Help us to be faithful caretakers of all creation. May we care for the air and the water and the soil, which are the foundations of all life. May we protect those species which are in danger of extinction due to habitat loss, overhunting, pollution, or other factors. May we act responsibly towards all the animals we encounter in our daily lives. Help us also, O oh God, to care lovingly for the whole human community. This week, we remember the ongoing work of truth and reconciliation as our country marks the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation on September 30th. We remember the legacy of residential schools in which our denomination participated. We lift up in prayer the sacred lives of the children who died in these schools. We lift up in prayer the sacred lives of the children who went missing from these schools and whose fates are unknown to those who held them most dear. We lift up in prayer the sacred lives of the children whose lives were altered by their experiences in these schools. We grieve the harm done to so many thousands of little ones. We lament the pain of intergenerational trauma and the hurt that was done to entire communities. We repent the racist and colonial attitudes that destroyed lives and threatened cultures. And we commit ourselves to the work of unlearning these destructive patterns. We lift up with gratitude the efforts of those who are seeking to remember the children, to honor their stories, and to work towards a world where such things will never happen again. We ask for your continued guidance as we humbly seek what part we may be able to play in this ongoing work of truth and reconciliation, which is so vital to the health of our souls, our church, and our nation. In this spirit, O oh God, we pray also for the recently elected government of Canada. May their work be grounded in a spirit of truth and reconciliation, which seeks justice for Indigenous people and for all those who live on this land today, including the animals, the plants, and the rest of the natural world. God of life, hear now the specific prayers of each of our hearts for ourselves, for those we know and care about, 
for those who live near us whose stories we don't know, and for faces we see or hear about only in the news. We pray especially for those who are sick and those who care for them. We pray for those who are grieving any loss in their lives. God, hear our prayers and in your love answer. We ask all of this as followers of Jesus, praying together now with the words he taught us as we say, our creator who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go now. I want to remind you just to wait for the ushers to come and tell you when it's time to leave. We'll meet outside on the lawn if you want to visit. And please do keep your mask on just so that we can try to keep everyone as safe as possible. Friends, Christ calls you to be his disciples, to serve him with love and compassion, to serve the earth by caring for her creatures. Will you care for creation? We will care for creation. We will nurture our animals. We will celebrate the circle of life with them. May the Spirit of God, who is above all and in all and through all, fill you with the knowledge of God's presence pulsing through the earth and the pulsing of Christ within you. Go in peace, serving Christ and loving all creation. Amen.